Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. Even if you've never been here before, welcome back. So I got a great guest today, Dwayne Wilkerson, Wilkerson from Pros and Pens. So she's a writer, she's a contact, content maker. She does a little bit of everything. It's cool. You don't even know that you need her. That's why she's going to be on here today. So Dwayne, thank you for being on here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to, I like to always start from the, from the bottom. So uh, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Greenville, Mississippi. Okay. Um, and that is about a five hour drive from here. Okay. So you grew up, did you write? So you're a writer now, you help other people write. Uh, did you grow up? Did you enjoy writing? Were you always a writer or something you kind of came into later? So I've, I've always done it. Um, from, I don't even know how young, but I do know that in elementary school, my brother and I used to write plays. And I remember writing and submitting um, to a writing contest when I was in sixth grade and I won second place. Um, and so I've, it's something I've done for sure since the sixth grade. Okay. Um, yeah. And when people ask me like if I love it, I honestly don't know if I love it. <laughs> I just know that it's something that it's definitely a gift. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I feel grateful to have this gift. There you go. So you started in sixth grade and that kind of, you decide, hey, when I go to college, that's what I'm going to do. So where did you no, go to college? I did go to college, but I had no, I had no plans on becoming a writer professionally. Um, when I went to college, although every test, ACT test, everything pointed to English and writing as my strong suit, um, my skill set, I majored in biology when I went to college okay. um, because I was intent on becoming a pharmacist um, until I had to take biology and, and chemistry. Mm -hmm. Then I, I knew that, yeah, no, that's not happening. Oh, I had a similar story. <laughs> so I, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. Yeah. And then they brought out the very first chemistry and I failed it so bad. I changed my whole major because there was four yeah. more after that and three physics and because I went to this physical therapy class and they said, look to your left and look to your right. One of you will not be there. Me, I got out of there. <laughs> I went, to, it was back in the day, I had a book. I wasn't on the internet. I went through the book. Hey, what doesn't have chemistry in it? And that's why I'm a trainer now. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I was like, well, let me go with what I know. <laughs> and I changed my major to English. Okay. So you, yeah. And that, that wasn't the end of the education. So you kept on going there. So where'd you go to graduate school? So I went to grad school at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Okay. Um, and I got, what was my degree in? It, it seems so long ago. Um, English secondary education. And so when you major in education, you have to student teach. And so at that point, I had planned to teach high school. Well, I did my student teaching at a middle school and a high school. And after that period, it was about eight weeks total. I was like, I can't do this <laughs> yeah. either. No, yeah. this is not, this is not going to be my life. Um, but I did end up, um, I applied for a position at Alabama A&M mm -hmm. and Teaching was great for me. I just needed to be able to teach adults and not yeah. middle schoolers. Yeah. So I coach middle school football. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I actually was at Alabama A&M. I was in the grad school, thought I wanted to be a PE teacher. 
and thought mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And, and then I started coaching them. I was like, man, two to three hours a day is enough. And I don't, I don't, I changed it again. So I was like, man, I got, I'm not, I dropped out of grad school, never finished. So yeah. I feel you see those middle schools will break you. They'll, they'll get yes. you. Yes. <laughs> you started teaching at the, the university level. So uh, mm-hmm. what are some of the classes you taught? Um, I taught English 101 and 102, literature 203 and 204. And those are like the introductory freshman course. Those are the, the English and literature that everybody has to take regardless of what their major is. Um, and I took a writing, I taught, I taught a writing for graduates um, course. And I also got to develop a course while I was there called Discourse Analysis. And it was basically a course about how people communicate. Okay. And I believe that course is still being taught there. Look at you leaving the legacy behind. I know. <laughs> so, so you just alluded that you are no longer a teacher there. So what was the decision? You say, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm teaching. It's okay, but it's not what I'm meant to do. So what, what kind of, what made that decision? Was it just one day or kind of add up over time? How'd that become a part? No, it was a few years. Um, so I really enjoyed teaching for the the time that I was there because um, teaching at a university, there's a lot of autonomy. You can have your morning classes or your afternoon classes. Um, I just felt that I could relate better to those students and I loved it, but it is monotonous because you teach the same classes every semester and you basically teach those classes the same way because there are certain things, I mean, there are objectives and you have to teach certain things. And so you can change it up, but at the end of the day, it still is what it is. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel challenged. I think around my ninth year is when I started just trying some entrepreneurial things on the side. And I, at that time, I had no clue that I would become a full-time entrepreneur. It was just an outlet because I needed something creatively. Um, so I tried a few things and those things were fine, um, but they just weren't the thing that you can leave your full-time job. I wasn't able to do them with those things. Um, and when I was turned on to content writing through a friend of mine, an engineer friend of mine, actually, that is when I was like, okay, this is something that I can do in my next chapter. That's cool. So what does that look like? You quit this, hey, this job, they're going to pay me every semester. This is nice. And then no guaranteed income. So I made that a similar jump. So I know it's a scary feeling. What was that first day like? We are like, oh man, I really got to make this work. Um, the first day I was like, did you really do what you did? <laughs> I did. And- I, I did the same. I quit a government job and I was like, oh man, they paid me every two weeks and benefits yeah. and then nothing. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so I didn't tell anybody. I, I don't even recall who I told. I may have told someone. I know I told a friend or two, but um, the rest of my friends and even my family, it was just kind of, I'm going to let them find out when they find out things <laughs> yeah. um, because I didn't want anybody questioning me. And I wasn't 100% sure in myself of how I was going to make it work. And so I didn't need those outside opinions and influences. So, I mean, 
I just let people fi find out whenever they happen to find out. And I just try to figure it out myself. Well, there you go. Hey, they'll figure it out soon enough, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, they know now, but. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something really important about what you do is storytelling. So kind of tell you how that kind of became a philosophy of yours and why storytelling is kind of centered to what you do. Okay. So when I started full-time and, and started picking up regular clients, um, I realized something about most people's content and that, and it was just boring. And I feel like so many business owners feel like they can't show personality in their content, that everything has to be very buttoned up and professional. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there are versions of professional. You can be professional and still have a personality. Sure. Yeah. And so the easiest way I found to communicate with them um, that they can loosen up and share more of themselves, share more of their personality or even their brand is through storytelling. Because if I just say loosen up and show your personality, nobody really understands what that means. But if I say storytelling, then that just brings, it does help them to have a better idea of what it is I'm talking about. So that became a word that I would lead with. That's it. You know, they always say facts tell, but stories sell, right? So people yeah, really exactly. remember that. They don't yeah. want to, when I've, we, I, we were talking before we came on, how about when I first started, I used to write these email newsletters and stuff and they were, they were boring. Like you're talking about, they would just talk about, mm -hmm. Hey, there's people need more information. They know push-ups do stuff for you. They know that you're supposed to go exercise. How's that stand out? How's that going to help them? But when I share my struggles and then, Hey, I, I like pizza and I like to drink beer every now and then. And, and all I'm not just eating chicken and broccoli all the time. Like you think I am people really related to that because that's how they are. They eat mm -hmm. that stuff too. So if you can talk about yourself and you don't, know, we talked about also when you're trying to be somebody else, nobody wants that. They can see right, right through that. So when you're telling stories by yourself, that's awesome. So you've kind of developed this kind of your brand throughout the year, how you help people develop their brand. Um, how'd you develop that philosophy? And tell us about your philosophy, how you help people build their brand. Well, I lead, of course, with the storytelling. So storytelling is one major part of it. And how I try to explain that is that that is how we um, create relationships in, in our everyday lives. That is how we build our friendships and relationships. We tell stories like moms bond over telling stories about their children, mm -hmm. single girls or single guys bond over their relationship dating stories whatever business people bond over i'm having this issue in business are you can we talk about it sure. so that is, that's that's basically storytelling that's all it is um we don't think about it as that but that's exactly what it is and so then i have what i like to call um, this little three-prong thing that I talk about, and it's called being clear, being concise, and being conversational. Okay. And so another thing that happens is we say all the time that people don't read. That's not true. People just don't read boring things or things that they can't relate to or things that they can't make sense of. And sometimes business owners are so eager to say everything at one time that they just clog up their messages with too many words. So we're gonna cut that out. We're gonna be concise. This is what you do, say it in one sentence. We're gonna be clear. 
And we're also going to tell stories and we're going to be engaging. And that's what we call being conversational. And so the, that, is, that is the foundation of the content I create. And for any of the people that I work with, that's always the direction in which I'm going to drive them. That's it. So I got to ask, so do they, like you're working with a client and do they turn stuff into you and do you bring out the old teacher red marker on them and you mark up that page for them? I cut that. I mean, I used to get these brutal looking pages from teachers. Do you, do you mark them up like that? How does it go? It's like, how do you work with your clients? I don't. Um, I rarely have clients who want to create anything and give it to me. Mm -hmm. um, my clients, and this is a, a thing that I had to figure out. I like clients who are kind of hands off, like they don't want to do anything. They want me to start it from scratch and see it through. And I hand it to them for approval. Um, so I don't have to break out my teacher pen with yeah, them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I feel like they're trying to add something to what I've created, I give them that freedom sometimes. Um, but I don't hesitate to say, no, that's taken us away from where we are trying to go. Um, but any feedback I give, I'm very honest, very honest, um, but never hurtful. Yeah, that, that pen will hurt your feelings. But, yes. <laughs> uh, so, but that's, that's a, as a busy business owner, that's invaluable. Someone they just say, hey, go do your thing. I trust you. Go to, and bring it back to me. We'll look it over. Man, I know when I'm busy, I love being able to just turn it over to somebody and they can just give me back what I won't ask for. That's yeah. amazing. So that's, yes. yes. I told you, if you're listening, I told you, you need her in your life. I told you <laughs> earlier. So um, we kind of covered a little bit, but what's something kind of people misunderstand about how you, what you do with clients? I think um, for the most part, they, because my official title is content writer. And I find that most people just don't understand what that means because when people think writer, they think author, like writing books, mm -hmm. or they think um, magazine writer or newspaper writer. Um, nobody thinks about the fact that every single product, and this is how I began to explain it, every single product that we pick up from a store shelf is going to have some words on it. Somebody was paid to put those words there. And that person is the content writer. And so when I draw that analogy, people begin to understand more. So whether it's words on your product bottle or on your website or on your blog, if you don't want to write those things, there's somebody out there who will. And I'm one of those people. That's it. So, you know, before cell phones, we used to read like... Uh, You'd mm -hmm. read stuff like the shampoo bottle. I read 400 shampoo yes. bottles growing up, right? So <laughs> somebody had to write that, right? That's not just, yes. they don't just show up. So um, something about that. So do you do like, uh, like say I have anything I want written. Do you handle anything? What all, what all products do you offer for people? Um, I'm not going to say anything, but I okay. do offer a wide range of services. So there's website content, there's blog content, there's email, um, product and service descriptions, um, speech writing, video scripting. I love video scripting. Okay. Um, and so those uh, professional bios, I even have people who may be submitting to like leadership a leadership um cohort mm -hmm. or they've been selected for an award 
And you know, there are always those questions that need to be answered. So that is another service um, that we provide. See, that's, that's so frustrating for me to try to write about myself sometimes. You need those, uh, like a second pair of eyes on that thing to look at, you know, and ask you questions and figure out how you do that stuff. So that's, though I hated filling, I fell out of you and I hate it. So I need yeah. to hire you for those. So, um, let's talk about your biggest failure. It could be personally, professionally. So, and, and how did you learn from it? Okay, so I would say my biggest failure is going to, it's, it's a combination of um, personal and professional. So when I left teaching, um, there's a certain amount of freedom when you're an educator, especially on a college campus. Um, like I would, I've dyed my hair purple before, I've dyed my hair pink before. Nobody cared. As long as I was there to teach my classes and do my job well, nobody cared. Um, and, you know, there was just even freedom in the way that I was able to dress. So when I transitioned um, from teaching to business, I didn't have a, a network of people um, or friends or colleagues in business. So I was basically starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to all of these events and no one looked like me. No one had pink hair. No one had purple hair. I was very often the only black person in the room. Mm -hmm. And so that brought some level of insecurity. And now I can say, I, I joke about this, but it's true. That was the first time in my life that I felt like I suffered from low self-esteem because I was questioning everything about myself. Like, how do I show up in a way that would have people to take me as a serious professional? Because I'm like, you know, I'm a business person now. And so I need to look and speak and be a certain way because business people are serious right they, they are so serious Very serious yeah <laughs> i thought when i thought business growing up i thought you had to have like a briefcase mm -hmm. i thought you had to have a suit i thought you had to have your hair parted just right you know that's yes. what business is right <laughs> so, i thought that same thing but all of those things like i i started to um dress differently like i used to wear like lots of color and I started like with my grays and my blacks and my navy blues. And at some point, you know, I, I really couldn't even focus on developing my business in the way that I would tell my clients to because I wasn't being authentic. Uh, yeah. And around year two of behaving in that way, it really became Joe like a burden you know I just felt like I was being I was being fake yeah um and not only was I being fake outwardly it was bothering me because I wasn't being myself and it was like being me has always been enough so why did that have to change because I'm in a new career right yeah and so it took me quite some time to unlearn those habits um those those that that basically the box i put myself in um as a new business owner and i would definitely say that is one of the greatest failures like i said it's a combination of both professional and personal and when i 
allow myself to to peel back the layers to get back to myself i also found that i started attracting a different type of client i was able to see clearer where my clients were where i needed to be so i didn't need to go to all the networking events anymore i only needed to go to this certain few and that really helped me to start defining my brand and attracting my right client. Right, man. Those first few years in business are so rough. You're talking about self-esteem. If you don't, if you got self-esteem yeah. issues, they're going to come out whether you got them right there or not. I, I went through the same stuff because, you know, I, I'm a fitness guy, but I had to act like the business. I'm the business owner too, though. So I'd show mm -hmm. up the same way and I'm, I'm goofy and I, I like to, I like to laugh and all that stuff. And I'd show up you know, like the, uh, like the token white guy, like, hmm, make, making noises and stuff like that. Hmm, who's, what are you doing, man? Like the super serious guy, like, that's not me. And then I wasn't getting any clients. Yeah, that's, that's the thing right there. I'd put my, hmm, stop, man, stop, be yourself. So um, if, you're, if you're listening right now, that's the most important thing, be yourself. Because you're going, you're going to attract your tribe like you did, the people that want to work with you and not these people that are, oh, wow. I don't understand her. She doesn't know what she's who she is. I don't work with her. So man, it's it's rough. Like now, who doesn't want to be around me? That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that's their problem. Right. right. So, so you overcame that. So what's your biggest challenge right now, though? What's the biggest challenge you're going through right now? So ongoing challenge, I feel like for me, and I'm sure for, for many other business owners, would be client acquisition. Like that is the thing that has me bumping my head against the wall all the time because I'm always trying to fine tune where my clients are. How do I get them? Um, how do I move past going to them to bringing them to me? What is the mechanism that I put in place to make that happen? And so that's just always a process that I am refining. Um, right now, my business is built on word of mouth um, and pitching because I do pitch clients. If there is somebody that I want to work with or that I see could benefit from what I have to offer, I definitely pitch. Okay. But, you know, pitching, pitching is special. <laughs> it's something different, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah you better so, have your confidence right for that one don't you yes you do and yeah. so while it's fine for right now i don't want that to be the thing that fuels my business long term okay yeah it, and hey i'm same way this year 13 for me in business i'm still trying to find out where do i get clients how to get them yeah. coming in so yeah it's just a constant battle as a business owner this is always what you're worried about so uh, what inspires you what keeps you going every day what what inspires you so what inspired me, I feel so, I feel so grateful and thankful that I get to pursue this business um, because there are so many people who want to try something new and I was what, 30, 38, 39 when I went full-time in my business. And for some people that's like, that's old. Yeah, it's a wrap. You know? I'm already in. I'm down with stick with what I'm doing, right? Yeah. It's scary because yeah, it's scary. Right. Like you, like you went through this. That hey, no more guaranteed paycheck. Uh oh, now what? Right, right. Yeah. And it does get scary. Mm -hmm. And so, but I feel so thankful that whatever it is 
that I was able to get past that fear and pursue this and to still be doing it four years later, I feel so blessed. And so that is what inspires me. That That is what keeps me going. It's like, you've done it this far. You can keep going. Yeah. I, you can't ever have a real job again. It's, it's no going back. <laughs> I can't imagine reporting to somebody or, you know, having to be, you know, I can't, I can't do it. I got to make this work. So it'll make you hustle for sure. So, we're out here. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're a creative person, but what are you curious about right now? I know you're into a lot of things. What are you curious about right now? I am curious about founders who grow these gigantic brands. How does that happen? So that is one thing I'm going to get to the bottom of. <laughs> and when I do, I'm going to report back to you. Please so, do. I was about to ask. Yeah, please do. So I study like business owners and I listen to so many podcasts like this one. And I really want to hear how people started and what is the thing that propelled them forward. Like that's something that I am always curious about. Um, and right now I'm trying to find a hobby. Um, I definitely feel like I need a hobby. I need something to do with myself. Yeah. Other isn't, that, than isn't that crazy when you become an adult, you're like, man, I need to do something other than work. Yes. You know, that, that's, that's me, <laughs> do some, something other than work. So, all right, let's, let's imagine we're in a COVID-free world. Mm -hmm. You can go to any restaurant you want to in the world. Where are you going? And when you go there, what do I need to go? What do I need to get when I go there? I have no idea. You <laughs> sent this question and I was like, I don't even know. I don't uh, know. You don't eat food? You don't eat? You don't like to eat? What's your oh, favorite type? I love type? to eat. I love to eat. So you go um, anywhere but, then and be happy. Then you're good. But this is a weird thing about me. I don't really have favorites. Okay. I, I don't have a favorite color. Um, I have foods that I like that I cycle through, restaurants that I cycle through, but nothing comes to mind. And I'm like, if I could only have one thing for the rest of my days, it would be this one thing. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a thing. I don't have a favorite. Well, you're good then. You ain't worried about nothing then. You can eat anytime, anywhere. Kind of. Yeah, man, that's it. <laughs> Well, you're ready then. You don't, you don't have any problems. So, all right, how about this? Do you have a nickname? I do, but I'm not telling you. Okay. All right. That sounds like a secret now. You can tell me off camera or something, but um, <laughs> all right. Let me ask you more on your uh, end. How about, do you have a favorite font as a writer? Do you have a favorite font? I'm New Roman. It's easy and simple. Yeah. I'm a Verdana or however you say that word. I don't know For, why. Oh, like that. It's all right. So what's yours? I need to, maybe I need to switch. What's yours again? Times New Roman. Times New Roman. Maybe. Yeah. That, I might, mean, might, that might change my life. I might, might become a better writer with that. I mean, it's pretty boring, but um, it's going to be easy to read in multiple mm -hmm. formats. And so that's there you that. Go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Just got two more things. Uh, oh, number no. one. We can go, we can go for a, a full extra 30 minutes. <laughs> I know you got stuff. You might want to take a nap or something. But oh, what I'm going to ask you, one of these things. How's the running going? So I started back this week. Right. There <laughs> it you go. Was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> running is so hard. I've run, I've tried to become a runner every now and then. It's so hard. It's it's just painful. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I used to be able because the the um long, 
longest race I did ever run was a 10K. And so that's like six miles. And I was like, I can't even believe I used to run six miles without stopping. I mean, yeah. I know there are people who run marathons. I mean, mm -hmm. that's fine. But, you know, for me, that six miles, it was a, an accomplishment. And now I'm like huffing and puffing. Like, yeah. yeah. I did a half marathon once, once, and it was awful. And then yeah. I ran probably about three, three months ago, something like that. I ran for like 20 minutes. I didn't think I was going to make it back. So it was like, man, what happened? It wasn't that long ago, but all right. So the final question is, it's kind of cold outside. Are you wearing Birkenstocks and socks right now? Um, when I leave the house, that is what I will have on. When I went out earlier, I did have on Birkenstocks and socks. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little uh, social media creeping on your page, so I had to check that out. So, um, Well, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to work with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and figure out how they can work with you? Um, they can visit my website, which is www.prosandpens.com, and they can browse around there for sure, but um, they can also use the contact tab to send me a message, and I'll okay. get right back to them. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll link that all in, in show notes so they can go right to it, and uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I think people really need to get that storytelling involved in their business. They don't know how much money they could make if they just get that storytelling in there, mm -hmm. right? All right. Thank, thank you, you for coming having on. me. Oh, absolutely. You have a great day, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I have some awesome news. My book is now available on Amazon. Check it out, Relentless Positivity. And also, if you can rate, review, share this podcast, please help us get the word out to as many people as possible. I'd really appreciate that. Share the podcast, share the positivity. Have an awesome day.